Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. Welcome to This Week in Royal History, where we're exploring the world outside the Tudors, with royal history highlights from a variety of centuries. This week, the week of October 30th through November 5th. A Stuart by descent, Sophia Charlotte of Hanover was the great-granddaughter of King James VI and I. Her mother, Sophia of Hanover, was the daughter of King James's daughter, Elizabeth, Queen of Bohemia, and her father was Ernest Augustus, Elector of Hanover and King of Bohemia. She was born in 1668. At her birth, Sophia Charlotte was the younger sister of the future King George I of Britain. When Sophia was about 16 years old, she wed Frederick Hohenzoll heir to the electoral Babenberg and Duchy of Prussia. A few years later, in 1688, Sophia Charlotte became Electress of Babenberg. When it became a kingdom years later, Sophia became Queen of Prussia. The couple's love for one another was not one for the fairy tales. Sophia, it is said, did not have the love for her husband that he had for her. However, Sophia Charlotte and Frederick had two sons together. Their eldest, sadly, died in infancy. In 1695, Sophia Charlotte received her estates and had a summer residence built to her liking. She lived independently from Frederick and had her own court. Frederick was only allowed to visit with an invitation. Her court was surrounded by philosophers, musicians, and important cultural figures. Sophia Charlotte died on the 21st of January, 1705, at the age of 36, after contracting pneumonia on a trip to Hanover to see her mother. Amelia Sophia Eleanor was born in Hanover in 1711 to George II of Great Britain and Caroline of Ansbach. Caroline had been a ward of George's aunt, Sophia Charlotte. Yes, that's the same Sophia that we were just talking about. But let's be honest, George was not yet king, nor had he been styled as Prince of Wales at the time of Amelia's birth. That would not happen until 1714, when her father became heir to the British throne, when her grandfather became George I, at the death of Queen Anne and the Stuart dynasty. Amelia and the family moved to Great Britain and lived at St. James's Palace. In 1722, her mother had her and her sister inoculated for smallpox, which was a progressive idea at the time. 
1727, her father became king, and she lived with him until his death in 1760. Amelia was considered a possible bride for the crown prince of Prussia, but it never happened. She remained in Britain, where she became ranger of Richmond Park and gave generously to charities. Amelia caused quite the stir when she closed Richmond Park to the public and only allowed a few of her closest friends to enter, in addition to those with special permits. Amelia died this week in 1786 at 75 years old in a home she owned in Cavendish Square, London. She was the last surviving child of George II and was buried at Westminster Abbey. Interesting fact. Amelia Island in Florida and Amelia County in Virginia are both named for her. Imagine having Henry II and Eleanor of Aquitaine as your parents, and you're not one of their many sons, but a second daughter. This was the fate of Eleanor of England, future Queen of Castile, who was clearly the namesake of her fearless mother. In 1170, Eleanor married Alfonso VIII of Castile, and they had 12 children together, though not all lived to adulthood. Eleanor, like her mother, was politically active and was given direct control of lands, towns, and castles throughout the kingdom. Her husband Alfonso even specified in his will in 1204 that if he should die, Eleanor should rule as regent for their young son. Well, Alfonso did die in 1214, and Eleanor was so devastated by his death that she died only 26 days later. That happened this week in 1214. Interesting fact, all their children to survive to adulthood became royalty. Their son was King of Castile, and their daughters were Queens of Castile, Portugal, and Aragon. After many generations of marrying some of their closest relatives, the Habsburg family had no idea what damage they had done. Until we look at Charles II of Spain, also known as the Bewitched. Charles was the final Habsburg ruler of Spain, primarily because he was unable to have children. Charles was born on the 6th of November, 1661, to Philip IV of Spain and Mariana of Austria. His parents were uncle and niece. Charles suffered ill health from birth, as one can imagine, and it was thought to be from years of constant inbreeding in the family. Francesco Nicolini, a diplomat to Portugal, described the 25-year-old Charles II as short rather than tall, not badly formed, and ugly of face. He also said he has a long neck, a long face that curves inwards, and the lower lip typical of that of the House of Austria, a.k.a. Habsburgs. He also said he can't straighten his body. Rather, when he walks, he curls up against a wall, a table, or something else. Nicolini goes on to say, His body is as weak as his mind. Occasionally, he shows some intelligence, memory, or liveliness, but not now. In general, he has a slow and indifferent demeanor, clumsy and indolent, appearing stupefied. One can do what they like with him, and he lacks his own will. That's quite the glowing reference, isn't it? Charles married Marie-Louise de Orleans in 1679, and their failure to produce children was blamed on her. 
No surprise, as it's always considered an issue with the woman. Let's look no further than Henry VIII. Marie-Louise died in 1689, and Charles then married Maria Anna of Newburgh, who was one of 12 children. She was sought after due to the fertility of her family. They would also have no children. Due to Charles's constant illnesses, the succession of the crown was an important issue to handle. Charles named his nephew, Joseph Ferdinand, as his heir, but he died in 1699. When Charles died this week in 1700, at 38 years old, the War of Spanish Succession began between the Austrian Empire and the French, who each had their own candidate for the throne. Edward IV and Elizabeth Woodville's story is one for the ages. Whether or not the story of Elizabeth waiting by a tree to ask the new young attractive Yorkist King of England for help is unclear. But we do know that the two loved one another. This week in 1475, Queen Consort Elizabeth Woodville gave birth to their seventh child and fifth daughter. They called her Anne. Anne's father, the king, died in 1483, and her uncle, Richard III, took the throne. During his reign, Anne was betrothed to Thomas Howard, future third Duke of Norfolk, whose family was close to the king. This betrothal was renewed after 1485 when Richard was killed at the Battle of Bosworth and the new king, Henry VII, came to the throne. Anne then became a lady-in-waiting for her sister, Queen Elizabeth of York. Anne and Thomas Howard were married in February 1495 at Westminster Abbey. They had at least one son who died young. Anne was close to her sister, the queen, and carried the chrism at the baptism of her nephew, Arthur, and her niece, Margaret. Anne died on the 23rd of November, 1511, at the age of 36. Thomas Howard would later become the third Duke of Norfolk, but Anne was not alive at that time and was never styled Duchess of Norfolk. As one of the possible illegitimate sons of a dowager queen and a tutor, Edmund Tudor made his own mark on history as the father of King Henry VII. Edmund was born to Owen Tudor and the dowager queen Catherine of Valois, widow of Henry V, on the 11th of June, 1430, in Hertfordshire. It's accepted that his parents were married by 1429 or 1430, as Catherine left her young son, Henry VI, and Owen was granted the rights of an Englishman in 1432. In 1437, Edmund's mother died, and their father was imprisoned. He and his younger brother, Jasper, were placed in the care of priests for their education by Henry VI, and Henry took them and their father into his household. Edmund was created Earl of Richmond in 1449. He also received lands and estates and held precedence over others at courts. In 1455, 25-year-old Edmund Tudor married 12-year-old Margaret Beaufort, heir to the Beaufort fortune and a descendant of John of Gaunt and the House of Lancaster. In 1455, the Wars of the Roses began holding the House of York against the House of Lancaster for the throne of England. Edmund was sent to Wales to enforce the king's authority, where he was captured by Yorkist factions in August 1456. 
Imprisoned in a castle, Edmund died this week in 1456 after contracting the plague, leaving behind Margaret, who was seven months pregnant, with the future King Henry VII of England. King George III of Great Britain is the third longest reigning monarch in British history. George and his wife, Charlotte, welcomed a daughter this week in 1777. They called her Sophia. Princess Sophia was raised with her younger siblings and was well-educated. However, George III disliked the idea of his daughters marrying and sheltered them in living conditions that they referred to as the nunnery. Of their six daughters, three marriages took place. The first daughter to marry was 31 years old at the time of her marriage. Although she never married, Sophia was rumored to have given birth to an illegitimate son in 1800 after an affair with a major general, Thomas Garth, an equerry to George III. She remained a companion of her mother's until 1818 when Charlotte died. At that time, Sophia and her two unmarried sisters were finally free to live as they liked. However, they were too old to marry. She then lived at Kensington Palace with her niece, the future Queen Victoria. Sophia began to lose her eyesight in 1832, and five years later, she was completely blind. She died on the 27th of May, 1848, at the age of 70, with her sister Mary by her side. And that concludes this week in royal history. I'm your host, Rebecca Larson. Until next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.